Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with me, JP Ong. And on the phone with us both is Jeff Howey, strategic market analyst from the SGX. It has been a phenomenal week. Monday started out by breaking all kinds of records, at least in recent times for us. And it has been a very, very strong week on the SDI. Currently, it is slightly down 0.33% down to 2,700 and two points. But that's still 2,700 points that we're exactly, talking about. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, what goes up must eventually come down. I think that's the lesson of this week. And fortunately, the downs have not been as deep as how high the uh, gains have been. And though we are seeing a second straight day of losses for the Straits Times Index, we are up by more than 100 points since the start of this week. Uh, really, because of that bumper and that amazing Tuesday performance where we saw the Straits Times Index end as arguably the best-performing market in the Asia-Pacific region that day, but 3.6% up, and I'm just rounding that down, by the way, 3.6% up during that particular we session. We $3 billion that day. And we almost, I believe we crossed $3 billion, or we were within striking distance of that. Regardless, it was also, no, actually we did. And that was one of the most voracious days of trading, actually, mm-hmm. for, uh, for equity markets here in Singapore. Um, when you see that kind of gain, it's, it's going to take a lot to whittle that down. And we did cross 2,700, as you mentioned. The, uh, one of the important things to note is that we're holding firm. So if we see this start to play out, perhaps this forms a new support level for the SCI. Of course, it's, uh, it's early days. We just crossed this about 72 hours ago or 96 hours ago. So we'll have to wait and see as to whether or not this forms a new support. But nevertheless, there's some encouraging signs that the Straits Times Index might have at least leveled up, for, uh, for lack of a better term. The rest of the region, though, also taking a bit of a step back in today's session. We've got the Nikkei 225 in Japan falling by 0.7%. The ASX 200 in Australia down by about 0.2%. The South Korean KOSPI defying, um, defying losses today. They're trading about 0.6% higher. The Taiwan Weighted Exchange also up by about 0.2%. These two countries seen as some of the biggest, uh, the biggest players in terms of semiconductor chips and industrial and industrial goods. So they might have that in common at the moment. Um, the Shanghai Composite, although has fallen by 1% out in, uh, out in mainland China. The Shenzhen Bourse trading about 22 points in the red and the Hang Seng also falling by 101 points. And a lot of this also is because the initial hopes brought about by some of that progress with regards to Pfizer and BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine seems to have faded and fizzled out in, um, in, in, uh, in, in, the, last couple of, uh, in the last couple of days. Um, there are still a lot of hurdles to be cleared moving forward, especially we've talked about the fact that it has to go through, some, through additional stages of trial, trial stages. It has to, um, uh, they have to figure out a way to manufacture potentially billions of doses, roll it out and distribute it in, in, in a significant fashion. So this could mean a f- couple of more months before we see a vaccine solution being deployed in an effective way. Nevertheless, we did hear from uh, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci of the NIAID in, uh, in the U.S. say that he thinks that the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the end at least for the pandemic, is in sight because of these positive vaccine developments. And keep in mind, next week, there is a good chance we might even get an update from one of the frontrunners 
of uh, developing a COVID-19 vaccine that is Moderna. They say they have enough data to issue preliminary results from their late-stage trials. Now, the thing is, Moderna, alongside AstraZeneca and Oxford and CanSino in China, are seen as the three finalists or the three frontrunners. So they're actually at the late-stage trials. Pfizer and BioNTech still need to go through a couple of more stages. Mm -hmm. But if they do start to show that, hey, you know what, according to preliminary results, it's looking pretty good, this could provide another leg up for markets moving forward. But again, there's still logistical and manufacturing and operational issues that uh, some of these these, um, developers have to contend with in the next couple of weeks. But again, it's a major hurdle if we actually get to that and really stoking a lot of much-needed hope and uh, hope in in not not just markets, but for people across the world who are tired of sitting at home and hoping they don't catch corona. (laughs) (coughs) We bring Jeff Howe into the conversation who has, you know, suffered a little bit of quarantine 15. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yep. Food Panda, Grab Food, Deliveroo, and all the... And all uh, the others in between. Of Holland Village. Yeah. You t- talk about an industry that's done really well during the p- pandemic too, right? <laughs> so, now there's a recession in uh, recession proof proof uh, industry right there. Yeah. Now the SDI Jeff has been dancing and flirting with 2700. Yeah, is I this, mean, it, is it, this it, the new psychological threshold? Well, yeah, we said 2700, and we're up 277 points since the end of October. And I think this week, um, it just comes down to three words, uh, rotation, rotation, and rotation. Um, as, as JP said, uh, that was the market mover on, on, uh, on mon- early Monday evening, the Pfizer and BioNTech, and then Dr. Fauci coming in very quickly and saying Ladarian's on the way as well. And it wasn't, it wasn't so much a shock, but it was confirmation of what we were looking for. Um, back on the 6th of October, the WHO Director General, you recall, he did say that we had uh, 170 vaccine candidates under development and 15% of them were in the human trial phase. And I think importantly too, uh, as part of that announcement, he did highlight that uh, when it comes to finding the safe and effective vaccine, there's, there is a committee uh, or an organisation called COVAX, and that's led by the World Health Organisation, led by Gavi, which is basically the Gates Foundation, as well as the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness. So there is a plan to facilitate the equitable access and the distribution of the vaccine, uh, you know, across all the world. Um, so that, so that, that, I guess, potential normalisation of the markets that we saw, it saw this great rotation. And those defensive segments that have had momentum this year uh, that uh, are relevant to digitalization and the, and the work from home um, related technologies that, and, of course, the, the devices and the protective equipment in the medical sector, they have led all the momentum this year. And we saw all the rotation from that momentum segment into the value segment, you know, the, the, the big cyclicals uh, in terms of yeah, banks and, and real estate stocks. I think this week... We've got um, we've got DBS up five percent. We've got OCBC up seven percent. UOB still up five percent. And then in real estate, you have UOL up near ten percent. City developments up ten percent, and Capital Land up eight percent. And the inflows from the institutions have been significant. For the first four sessions of this week, DBS had seen uh, more than two hundred and sixty million dollars of net institutional inflow. A uh, hundred million for UOB. Uh, 150 million for OCBC, and then uh, SIA, of course, which is which is going close to 10 percent. Sats is up 22 percent. SIA Engineering's up 9 percent. Well, SIA's up 
seen institutional inflows of 54 million. Um, Capital Corp has seen inflows of 10 million. Uh, and as we said, those, those real estate stocks, City Development has seen inflows of 16 million and UOL 9 million. And then, of course, SATS with its 22% gain has seen inflows of 43 million. Now, where that money has come from is from those, those uh, as we said, those, those tech stocks and healthcare stocks that have provided much of the trading momentum this year. And you also got to remember, it's this has all come at a time that the world is flush with liquidity. Uh, there's so much money in the systems that's helped accommodate this. The, you know, as I think we mentioned last week, the the U.S. money supply is up 60% year on year at the end of October, and that's uh, also has the Fed Reserve balance sheet uh, up as much as 70% year on year, and that that that. Uh, I'd call it the AAS Economics uh, U.S. Money Supply Gauge. While it's up 60% year on year, that's a massive incline from 5% up 5% at the end of uh, up 5% per year at the end of 2019. So this liquidity provision has really been there to support businesses in the U.S. economy and by extension the world, and that's uh, helping money flow into these businesses such as SIA, such as SATs, that uh, you know they basically really need it. Uh, there's um, I guess that the caveat that when does this stop, and and the key driver throughout the years we know has been, you know, the the, the big social economic ramifications of uh, of COVID nineteen, and hence this is you know we did see a very similar interest uh, instance to this in the mid year prior to that resurgence in Texas. There was a week and a half in June where we did have this rally because we thought the US had overcome the worst of the pandemic and. The S&P 500's banks rebounded something like 18%. Energy stocks were up 17%. And all that money came from tech and the healthcare sector. Um, and then in the subsectors, we've also seen a great deal of rotation as well. When you look in the REIT sector here in Singapore, you've seen investors rotate out of Parkway Life, Keppel DC REIT, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, and Maple Tree Industrial Trust, as well as Fraser Logistics and Commercial Trust. Now, those five REITs were the gainers this year, um, up up till before that uh, that announcement of the vaccine, those five REITs had average total returns as high as 27%, while the five hospitality trusts, REUS Hospitality Trust, Ascot, uh, CDL Hospitality, Far East and the Fraser's Hospitality Trust, they had averaged um, declines around 40% in the year through to the 9th of November before that vaccine was launched. So what we saw is those five hospitality trusts basically averaged double-digit gains, and that's that's very much like we saw with SIA, SATs um, and SIA Engineering, average double-digit gains after uh, generating average declines of around 40% in the year prior to the Pfizer and uh, Euronet test um, result or, or, or announcement, I should say. And just, just, just likewise, Medtex, Riverstone, Topglove, they had all generated these exponential gains this year and they also averaged those double-digit percentage declines on a back of all its rotation. So yeah, interesting that <clears throat> the, there is also rotation happening on the SGX. But I think that it's, it might be also fair to note, uh, Jeff, that rotations aren't a smooth, aren't always very smooth. We're actually seeing signs of the rotation slowing down at the moment. Um, DBS, UOB, and OCBC all trading in the red. They're still up, I think, uh, for this week. But we're also seeing a rebound again for Medtex International, which also suffered from this uh, rotation we saw in the last couple of trading days. Medtex International trading about 12.9% in the green. Riverstone Holdings. Uh, 
up by about 5.6% today. So it seems that the, that the, that this rotation might just be hinging on whether or not we, the, the, the developments with regards to a COVID-19 vaccine continues to be smooth. Um, it is underway. I, I, at least that's what I'm seeing at the moment, Jeff. You might, and I'd love to get your opinion on that. But again, I think, I think rotations don't really happen in as smooth a manner as some people like. There could be like a two steps forward, one step back kind of dynamic going on at the moment, which is why we're seeing a return of some of these med tech, uh, these, these uh, PPE plays, at least for this session. Yeah, you're exactly right, JP. Uh, and the tra- tra- trading timeframes have tra- have changed somewhat this year because of the momentum in the rubber gloves and the personal protective equipment industry and, and the affected stocks. A lot of uh, individual investors, institutional investors, they understand the dynamics very well. Yes, we've had the exponential uh, moves, but the dynamics uh, and the pendulum in terms of the outlook for those stocks, it can change on a week-to-week basis. It can change on a day-to-day basis. And as a result of that, we've seen these stocks uh, generate a lot of trading turnover because there's a lot of short-term trading in those stocks. Hence, when you have the big moves, of course, you're going to have uh, some traders on the right side of the move possibly on the wrong side of the move, but making uh, adjustments to those moves as a trader would rather than a buyer-hold investor. So I think I think uh, what we've seen this year is an increase in trading activity in many of these momentum areas, momentum stocks, uh, and then with the rotation of the value, rotation from the momentum into the value this week, we see a little bit more, uh, you know, because of the size of the momentum flows, we see uh, some big moves in in the value segments, such as real estate, such as industrials, such as big consumer, and such as the banks. And hence, some of those short-term traders would be obviously uh, taking advantage of that, which would mean, of course, selling in the highs and buying in the lows. Okay, so now the question that all investors are going to be looking at is, we've had a phenomenal week. Is it going to be a phenomenal week next week? As more news comes out, as maybe there is a concession, although I doubt it very much. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be if we're going to be able to top this week. I mean, Tuesday alone was three point six percent. I'm not sure if this is the best session we've seen this year from the STI, Jeff, but it's uh, it's got to be at least top five for this year. Yeah, well, uh, that move on Tuesday was our strongest day, I think, since the sixth of April. That was a three point seven percent move, mm. and, and the. For the week, it will be it will be significantly strong, uh, but for next week, we we have some key data. We have the October non-oil domestic exports, and of course, the final third quarter of GDP will be in focus. And we do expect an upward revision in the third quarter of GDP next week, based on those manufacturing numbers that actually did come through for the for the month of September. Because remember, the advanced estimates for GDP are just well, for the third quarter of GDP are based on what happened in, predominantly in July and August. And then we had those really strong numbers in manufacturing in the month of September, which was uh, also, I guess, going to be really important for the non-oil domestic exports and that sector as a, as a whole, because while we've had the short-term momentum this week, we had seen uh, signs since the end of October and pretty much in that uh, two weeks ago with the with the election result that uh, as, as I'll, I'll quote two of our former Aussie PMs um, <laughs> of the you know, big big pool of former Aussie PMs that, uh, that what the outlook for the region is with the Biden administration potential Biden administration was a strategic reset or a recalibration with the US China trading relations and that has been an important driver in the background because 
when you look at when the trade tension started in January 2018, that was also the most recent high that month for our SIPMM PMI here in Singapore at 53.1. We've never been back there. And that was the same month that the US announced those tariffs on solar panels and washing machines. So what we've seen this month is some of those stocks that are um, really involved in the in various facets of the regional supply chain, let's say UMS Holdings, High P International Synergy, have seen these rotations uh, before last week as well in, into, I guess, in the first week of November with uh, focus on, on potential uh, confidence in, in the regional supply chains. Think, for instance, Hype International. It's the Apple supplier. And that, that stock's rallied so far 17% in the month of November as of, as of our lunchtime close. And you, you will recall that was continuously working on diversifying its production across the region as well as its customer base since those US-China tensions began. And even even uh, in June, the, the, well, for the June numbers, the company maintained that trade tensions remained a, a, a challenge. So a lot of these businesses have been working on sharpening their production efficiencies and, and really building their supply chain networks, but none, nonetheless, they have been clouded somewhat with a little bit of uncertainty uh, and less predictability into into the, the dynamics of the supply chain. So that has been a key driver, and we will get more information on that, obviously, next week with the GDP numbers and with the non-oil domestic exports. We look forward to it. And also, <clears throat> next week... Uh, Jeff Howe is going to be in the studio with us. Wow. How much fun will we have? <laughs> we might get thrown out of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to that next week, Jeff. This has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with finance presenter JP Ong and on the phone with Jeff Howie. Strategic market analyst from the SGX. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.